And joining us here in studio, Henry Timmon in here. How are you today, Henry? Fine, thank you. So you are here. You have been, if people don't know who you are, you have been writing about Norwalk for a very long time. <laughs> 51 years. 51 years. All right. So you... Um, we're writing for The Reflector. You had a column that would be published about uh, talking about old Norwalk and stories from back in the day, I suppose. And you've been publishing books as well. Right. Well, the books are contain the columns that I wrote. Yes, yes. And they're not just Norwalk. It was, a, it was about all of Huron County. Oh, get over into Milan and Huron and around the area. Uh, I, call, I call the books... A vignette history of the Firelands. Oh, they cover mm. they cover a lot of territory. Oh, very nice. And you actually are working on now, or soon to be, or will be out the t- the twelfth one now. The twelfth one is out. The twelfth one is out. Blanks have been mailed to people. Okay. And, and they've we've sold almost half of that order. Oh that, gosh. Uh, oh wow. But so we we're moving right along, and the the printer has the thirteenth one. They're working on getting it scanned into their computer and getting it justified and so forth. All right. So the 13th one will be available soon then. And you right. like these to be pre-ordered probably, because... Probably at the end of the year. Okay. The 13th. All right. So it's because it's, this is a small operation. Uh, so, you know, advance orders are much appreciated, I'm sure, so that you... Well, we, we don't do advance orders. Oh, okay. Really, uh, just simply because... Just because we don't, I guess. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess I misunderstood uh, what I what I had read. So that's no, my sorry. fault. I apologize. No, no, no. That's okay. Um, so you can get some of them, the ones that are in print. If you haven't ordered them, you can get them at New Direction Design. So most of them, yeah. All except the very last one. All except number twelve. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are not available anymore. Correct. The first six, I think, or seven, we sold out. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and now uh, something that's really nice here it, with this is that you don't actually profit from these. You donate no, all of that no, back. No, no. Right. We we, we don't, uh, other than our out-of-pocket expense, mm-hmm. I mean, supplies. Well, and, absolutely. Uh, mailing, postage, and so forth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so you put those profits uh, back into the area of the Firelands Historical Society and the Norwalk Public Library, Correct. which is... except we haven't... It's been a long time since we've had a profit, and we've, <laughs> we've, got, we've got to look at, at adjusting the prices, and I, I hate to do that, but sure. we have to... Well, I mean, things go up. You have postage to... has gone up, uh, <laughs> and the cost of printing, of course, is higher. And people are not buying books like they did thirty, forty years ago. Mm-hmm. They, they want to read everything on their phone or whatever, and yeah. that's all well and good, but doesn't help me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, I mean, you've been doing this a long time. You know a lot about the area, and you said you have your brought a story, your favorite story with you. You said yes. one of your favorites. Yeah. This was is is almost I suppose this my uh, as the saying goes of uh, I don't know what that's from but it's from some book my very most favorite oh, okay <laughs> now, what it was is there was a man a young man named Hugo Wallenbach and he was born in Germany came to the United States with his parents they lived in the Cleveland area and he ended up in an orphanage there and he got acquainted with some through the orphanage somehow, with some people from Monroeville area. And he came out there to work on their farms, work for them. This was at the beginning of the Depression when there wasn't a lot of work otherwise. 
and he he got uh, uh, acquainted with the, the the people had a large extended family. He got acquainted with them, went to work for one of the cousins who lived just west of Milan, a couple miles, and uh, he cooked up a plot to rob the Milan Bank. <laughs> oh, and the at that time bankers in general and especially the Milan cashier there, he they were people of very great uh, habits, and they would, uh, every morning at a certain time, mm-hmm. the man drove up and left his house. He walked so many steps. He <laughs> walked so many more steps, and he, he was very punctual. Mm-hmm. And they, they came up with a plot to uh, hide around the bank front door and, and waylay him and then have him open the vault and they would get the money and the, this Hugo had two conspirators waiting to, he'd run and get in the car and they'd take off and be rich and happy forever. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't work because the, the, <laughs> the bank vault was on a timer. The cashier, there was an old, older gentleman and he told them that it was not, that if he, un, if he, if he did try to open it, the alarm would go off. And if he opened the bank door, the alarm would go off. And Hugo said, open it, open it anyway. Well, the, it didn't, it, he only got a couple hundred dollars. That was all he could get his hands on. He, so he decided he was going to take the banker hostage, and he was walking him across the square in Milan. And some of the people in the butcher shop and in the stores that were already there saw it and thought, well, that's not what Mr. Ruggles does. He doesn't walk <laughs> He doesn't walk that way. So they went out, and one of the men was a carpenter by trade, I think it was. He had a hammer anyway, oh. and he, he almost killed the, almost killed Hugo. He beat him up so bad. Oh, my gosh. And somebody says, well, geez, you could have killed him. And he said, oh, I just wanted to stop him. I wasn't going to kill him. <laughs> he just beat him hard enough to stop oh, him. Well, well anyway— Hugo got put in jail. He escaped. He, they got him back and so on. He just escaped. Yeah. And um, went to prison for it. Well, the warden at the Ohio Penitentiary didn't really want him there because he was a foreigner. He was of mm. German birth. So he managed to eventually get him sent back to Germany, deported, because war, World War II came on and mm-hmm. so on. Well, so this family who he was working for at the time he did all this stuff uh, told me this story. The, the family members told me this story. and uh, But they, they couldn't find their dad's file on it. Their dad had had a file of all the newspaper clippings and everything. Well, come to find out, once they, they did find enough that I located Hugo and this story in 1956, which was 25 years after the aborted Milan bank robbery, <laughs> yeah. uh, Hugo was living in Heidelberg, Germany. And uh, the, there was an American bank there. I think it was Wells Fargo. <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh, no. <laughs> and an American uh, man was the head of it. Well, Hugo cooked up a plot again. He, he, he was— Because he was so he, successful the first yeah, time. <laughs> he was tenacious. He, he went to their house in the morning before they left. Before they went to, before the, the boy, they had a 14-year-old son. Before he went to school, 
before the guy went to work, the dad went to work or anything, and he took them all hostage and had told the man he was going to drive them to the bank and and uh, open the bank up and give, give him the money. He, mm-hmm. he, he, this plot was really embedded in his head. <laughs> he was determined. Well, he... Uh, and he, but he, he wasn't very smart. This, the, 14, <laughs> the 14-year-old son uh, said, well, before we go, I got to go to the bathroom, and it's upstairs. So he goes upstairs, and he remembers that his dad had a target pistol and where it was upstairs. <laughs> so he grabbed it real quick, put it in his pocket, came down. They all got in the car. The dad the whole time was thinking, geez, I wonder if, uh, what was his son's name? Robert. I wonder if Robert remembered the that pistol. Well, he did. <laughs> and they got downtown, and at that time, Germany was still occupied by the United States and Great Britain and, and Russia, and Heidelberg happened to be full of American soldiers. Well, they, had, they were patrolling the streets just casually, and this, the, the man, this John Kuhel, the banker, he saw... Uh, these American soldiers, so he drove across. He drove across the other lane and toward them. Mm-hmm. Well, they came running because they thought, well, this guy's car's out of control. Right. And they came running. They all of a sudden saw Hugo in the back seat with a pistol at Mrs. Kuhel's head. And uh, they came running up and said, drop your weapon, drop your weapon. Well, he, he didn't do anything because he was done. He, he was caught. <laughs> right. So Robert, who's 14, pulls this pistol out of his pocket, shoots Hugo in the head and kills him. Oh, gosh. Wow. And just like that. <laughs> wow. So that that ended the that ended the, <laughs> the attempted robbery. And the interesting part I found of it was uh, Robert, in, when he uh, uh, grew up, uh, was in the military, went to college, became a a lawyer and and was a not a judge, but he was a a um, court bailiff and so forth. And I did this story in when did I do this story? September of 2021, almost two years ago. He had just passed away just a few months before that. Hmm. And hmm. somebody said, "Well, did you try to contact his family?" And I said, "You know." I don't know what to do because they may not know this. He may have never told anybody oh, that he actually yeah. did this. So I said, I, I don't want to be the I would don't want to be the one. <laughs> and but I just felt bad too that I I never got to have make contact with him. I wasn't going to fly out to California and visit him. But right, yeah, but I, I would could have possibly made contact. But anyway, that's one of my favorite stories. The poor old huh, Hugo. Poor Hugo. Hugo. Hugo wasn't very bright. <laughs> no, but he tried hard. And, yeah, uh, he, he was tenacious, if nothing else. <laughs> he, he kept at it. So that is just uh, one of the stories that yeah, uh, you yeah, have in yeah, these books throughout yeah. these many years. And over time, I've written about uh, people of some renown from Norwalk, like Paul Brown and uh, Captain James DeWolf, who was killed with General Custer at the Little Bighorn. Um, Dan Emmett, the man who wrote Dixie, he lived in Norwalk with his family for several years. Uh, uh, A guy named Ban Johnson, his name was actually Alexander Bancroft Johnson, he founded the American League and established the World Series back about 
Hmm. I'm not sure the exact year, but about 1900. But he was born in Norwalk, had a lot of Norwalk cousins around. So Hmm. various and sundry things besides fires, floods, tornadoes, disasters, uh, just stories of uh, various churches or of buildings of something people would say, what is that all about anyway with that <laughs> such, such a building? So I'm spend my time researching and finding that out. Wow. I mean, it's it's such a neat way to spend your time just, you know, being able to do this. Well, you got got to remember one thing. <laughs> Courthouses and libraries are air conditioned. <laughs> That's the place to yeah, be in the summertime. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um, these again, just like old times, uh, book 12 is out now, 13 yes. possibly by the end of this year. And uh, if people want to um, find out more, if they do want to order these books, uh, how do they go about doing that? Well, they can con- they can call. Call me at my home. Uh, we have still have a landline, <laughs> and um, uh, your boss Bill said he's going to put this on the on your website. I guess. Yep, we'll get it up on our social media mm-hmm. too for and, people. And um, uh, telephone number. N- probably nobody's ready to jot it down, but, <laughs> <laughs> but its four one nine six six eight one one. Two, two. That's pretty easy. Yeah, well, six six eight one one two two. Well, you got to consider who it's for. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm interested in this. I think it's no, great. I'm, like, no, I mean, you... I got to have a simple telephone oh. <laughs> number. <laughs> actually, actually, let me tell you a little story about that. When when I when I first got married and we moved out in the country, uh, I was working at WLKR at that mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. and uh, the boss tried to call me one evening for something well somebody else there were 10 people on a rural party line at that time <laughs> <laughs> and uh he he tried to call me while the line kept being busy so the next day he jumped me because i why, why is my line busy all the time why can't he get a hold of me and i said because we applied for a private line but the phone company says it would be however eight months or something like that before eight months to a year before we could get one well, he was friends with the manager of the telephone company, <laughs> oh. which I can't remember what it was called then. But he um, he called him, and we got a private line within a couple of days. Nice, yeah. <laughs> same telephone number, still has the same telephone number we had 51 years ago. Wow, so, wow. wow. You really got in, a, so, you know. Um, uh, thanks, thanks to you. <laughs> thanks to the boss. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's good to know people. Yeah. So uh, again, just like old times uh, is the title of the book series that you have out of your columns that were uh, featured in right. the newspaper. And if you want to pick up those uh, past editions of it, again, you can get that at New Direction Design at 20 West Main in Norwalk, or people can call you Henry Timmon, 668-1122. Yeah, and the first, <laughs> I just want to say the first six or seven are out of print. But very often on eBay or something, there's there mm-hmm. one advertised. You for turn sale. up every now and again. I, I look every once in a while. I search and so. You can find them. They're otherwise, out there. Otherwise, they're not there. <laughs> <laughs> they're gone. They're gone. <laughs> All right. Well, Henry, it was great talking to you, and I loved your story about poor Hugo and yeah. uh, his failed bank robbery attempts. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I didn't add in that when he he uh, 
when the police went looking for the car and the two guys, they had taken off. They had, they had, they had, <laughs> His getaway they drivers the, got away. When they saw the guy with the hammer, they took off. <laughs> so, so Hugo well, was, Hugo was there, there he stood, uh, laid on the public square. Well, <laughs> at least, you know, some of those criminals had enough sense to just get out while the getting was, yeah, good. Well, the getting was good. Well, thank you very much. Thank That's you. Good.